0: You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 67. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Matthew Betley, who writes the best-selling Logan West thrillers. Uh, Matt grew up in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, was a Marine Corps officer for 10 years, and now writes uh, th- hard-pounding uh, thrillers. Uh, non-stop action. His uh, latest uh, novel, Field of Valor, uh, was published recently on May 22nd of 2018. And um, I was looking enough to get a, an advanced copy, and it was a great read. I enjoyed the book very much. Um, the bullets start flying from first page, and it's pretty much non-stop action from there. So I uh, highly recommend you uh, check out uh, Field of Valor. Uh, like I said, it's out now, and we'll talk with... Uh, We'll be talking with Matt about uh, his process, his writing process, uh, his background, his novels, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for episode number 67 coming up right now.
1: Hey, everybody. This is uh, Alan Peterson with me, the, Week, the author. And for uh, this episode, I'm talking with uh, Matthew Bentley. And Matt,
2: how are you doing? Uh? I'm doing great, Alan. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely! Thank
1: you so much for being on the on the show. I uh, I appreciate it. Uh, for our listeners who uh, might not be familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit about your about your background?
2: Uh, I, absolutely. Uh, so I am a former marine officer. I spent ten years uh, in in the Marine Corps. I'm also a recovering alcoholic. I uh, Just celebrated nine years of sobriety, and uh, for the. Purposes of this conversation, I write a series of action thrillers uh, following Logan West, who is a former Force Recon Marine officer and a relapsing alcoholic. Note, note the similarities there, and uh, as well as his sidekick John Quick, as they uh, battle evil forces and conspiracies and a bunch of other uh, exciting things. So that, that's that, That's the down and dirty.
1: And the, right now you have this, uh two books out on the series, and the third one is going to be published on May 22nd. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. In fact, uh, Overwatch came out in 2016. I was very fortunate in that it was named one of the top ten books by the military times for 2016. Uh, Oath of Honor came out last year in a hardcover, and the paperback of Oath of Honor actually comes out on 24 April In this month, and I found out that it'll be at the the front tower of every Barnes & Noble in the country, Hudson News, all the airports, grocery stores. Uh, Pocket Books is the one that does the paperback version of the books, and they've just done a fantastic job. And then, of course, in May, the next hardcover, which is book three of the series, Field of Valor, comes out right before Memorial Day on the 22nd.
1: Yeah, and I've been. Uh, I was fortunate enough that the publisher sent me an advance copy, which is uh, I appreciate it. It's been uh, awesome. I've been reading it. Uh, really recommend the uh, listeners uh, go get uh, go check that out when it's out. And it's available for pre sale already. So just the uh, FYI for people.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in fact, what most people don't realize is that the first week of any publication is the most important week. Uh, uh of that book so the more pre-orders the better especially if people are already a fans of the series and planning on picking it up and and i've actually seen other authors talk about that as well it's just that most people don't think about it like that.
1: right right yeah yeah Oh, i'll, I'll wait for it and then forget about it so if you're thinking about it now just might as well go get it you're gonna get it anyway and help you out
2: <laughs> exactly yeah
1: so uh, let me ask you something though. You, before we get into your books and, and, and things like that, when you before you started the writing, were you a fan of thrillers? And is that why you chose so to write these?
2: It, it's actually a really deep question, especially for me. So I'm 46. I grew up reading Tom Clancy. I grew up reading Stephen King. I grew up reading Jonathan Irving, He wrote one of my favorite books of all time called "A Prayer for Owen Me. But I also wrote this. Used to read these action series. Uh, Don Pendleton's, Don Pendleton's uh, The Executioner, following a guy named Mac Bolin. There's another series called "Able Team Phoenix Force. Uh, but then after I was in the Marine Corps, uh, from 1999 on, I, I discovered an author named, an Australian action author named Matthew Reilly. And I would say that his pacing is what I try to emulate, but through my own style. Uh, I mean, he just writes these nonstop uh, thrillers, and so when we decided what I wanted to write, I wanted to write, I, I basically want to write roller coasters, things that grip the reader from page one and do not stop until you know, the acknowledgments. <laughs> you did an incredible job at doing
1: that because I've been uh, reading uh, Field of Valor, and it's, the bullets start flying like right on the first uh, the first page.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, it's really funny. I had a uh, friend of mine who was a marine, Cooney, one of my best friends, and he said, "Hey, you know, how come nobody dies in not died in your second book until page such and such?" And I was like, well, fine. <laughs> "In that case, I, you know, I was like, fine, I'll take care of that with the very beginning of the third book." <laughs>
1: yeah, that's good. That's uh, yeah. Take, take, give the readers what they want, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I also I was looking at your in your bio. Uh, you had you joined the Marines uh, kind of at a later age for you. Know, you said
2: you were corporate America for like a, for a few years before you joined the Marines. I did. I, I was. In fact, I graduated in nineteen ninety four from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. And I spent five years in corporate America. In my last job, I was actually investigating accidents with injuries and fatalities for all state um, in Ohio. And then instead of going to law school, I ended up joining the Marine Corps as an officer.
1: Wow. And how was that experience uh, coming at, the, at, the, at, the, at an older age? Um, actually, I guess for
2: officers are different. Well, so, so what happens is to, to be an officer, you have to go through – Uh, Obviously, you have to have a four-year degree, although there are a couple other programs where if you're an enlisted Marine, you can go through certain programs. Uh, But you have to go through 10 weeks of officer candidate school at Quantico, and the whole purpose of that 10 weeks is to weed people out. My class started with, I want to say, 263, and we graduated 173. Uh, And in my case, because you know it's a bit of a mental game, even though it's physically grueling, I mean, it's just – it's a very intense 10 weeks, but uh, you, you understand that at, when I went in at age 27, I knew it was a game. So, so part of it's, you know, shut your mouth, try and be invisible, you know, excel on all the physical events, do well. And just, you know, the, go, the goal was to blend in, honestly. Um, and so it was a little bit easier. The guys who had the hardest time were the guys right out of college. And, and, and you know, we, we had a couple of people – take off in the middle of the night, you know, in the, in, the, in the provost marshal office, which is the Marine Corps police, you know, they would, they would bring them back. And then obviously they'd be kicked out. Um, but it, was, it seemed to be the younger guys, at least in my class, who had the hard time psychologically, at least adapting to that kind of intense lifestyle
1: that was one of the uh, great advice that I got when I went,
2: uh, when I went to uh, boot camp uh, was uh, don't be
1: first in line, don't be the last in line
2: exactly, <laughs> you know it, it's very really true, and I'll never forget this it was week 5, and God then, you know, mail was still delivered in letters, I mean, this is 1999 and I remember uh, it in this chapter screen, Candidate Bentley Mail, and, and I went up there, and he literally looked at me and was like who are you? I'm like, this is awesome, <laughs> I'm like, I'm succeeding, I'm halfway through, and Guys, got no idea who the hell I am.
1: Once you uh, uh, left the Marines, uh, how long was it before you started writing, I think, and, and, and you, did you start thinking about, uh, well, maybe I'm going to write a, 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 my own
2: books? Well, so, uh, you know, I mentioned that I'm a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I, I got out of the Marine Corps in 2009, and it was sometime in must have been August of 2009. I was sober for six months. I actually used the military's uh, outpatient rehab program at Andrews Air Force Base for me to finally address my issue. again, I talk about it so openly because I'm a big believer that if my story just resonates with and helps one person, it's more important than anything else I, that I could possibly talk talk about and I, and I strongly believe that. but uh, I was sober for six months. And I was on vacation with my wife, and I was reading this book that had been recommended by Stephen King in, I think, Entertainment and Entertainment Weekly. And I was so bored by the book. I was viscerally angry, and I looked at my wife, and I said, you know, I can write a better book than this. And I obsessed about it for a year. And now I don't have a degree in English, although I'm a grammar guru and a bit of a wordsmith. And I, uh, I didn't have a master's of fine arts in creative writing. And I obsessed about it for a year, and I finally just sat down and wrote a five-year plan on and and knocked out the first draft of of Overwatch, and here we are, uh, you know, seven years later. Wow! So that's,
1: that kind of kind of came into play. So this is the so the first book you 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 uh, you put together. With the, you were able to uh, get that published and go through the whole process. That's pretty yep. pretty pretty awesome.
2: But it was a, it, I, I've learned a lot about how a business is. This is, and, and what I tell aspiring writers is that you need to take the business side of it as seriously as the creative side. So even before I had an agent, I had developed my own business plan. I had established contacts in media and other places because I knew I would have to be promoting my own material. Uh, I had all this organized in a document. So when I would send in my query letters for agencies, I would attach my business plan. And I was happy that Simon and Schuster, when they finally did get the series, they did use my uh, some of my marketing ideas uh, for marketing Overwatch. You know, but what I would say is that uh yeah, it took me eighteen months, eight days to write the first draft. It then took another six months of editing. Then it was a, another six months of sending out query letters, and I used jeff herman's guide the publishers editors and agents back in 2012 it was kind of the bible i don't know how you know if if he still updates that guide or that book i know there are other sites that list all the reputable agencies as well but it back then it was only 92 that handled my kind of commercial fiction and then i got you know rejection after Rejection after rejection, it was number eighty-three that said, "We can't believe you don't have an agent. We want this." And then, even after that, it was another fifteen months before we got on a book deal. So, as oh, you wow. can imagine, this is a long, painful process. It's, it's, it's designed to weed people out. It's designed to—I'm convinced that it's designed to crush your hopes and dreams so that you just quit. Uh, but I was determined to, to see it through and and i was very fortunate that in 2014 uh, Emily Fessler Books at Atria you know a division of Simon Schuster said we want this and you'll be writing for us for a long time and but but even then the first book didn't come out for 2 years just because oh. of the production timeline even though the book was wow. completely done
1: wow that's crazy timeline.
2: <laughs> yeah it is so so you know there i have learned that you can be deter- You can't force things in this business. Some things just take time, and, and which is really hard for a very ambitious, impulsive person like I am.
1: So now, your books—you um, mentioned now uh, with uh, Logan West uh, being uh, uh, in the military and uh, uh, becoming an alcoholic himself—and uh, w- was that hard uh, to bring some of your? Uh, uh, I'm assuming some of your personality is in Logan West. <laughs> that, oh, was uh, that difficult? Or?
2: Actually, no. That's the easiest thing I do. In fact, I tell people now I, I'm not—you know—a 35-year-old former force recon. I'm a 46-year-old former marine <laughs> officer who did command a scout sniper 14 at one point. However, You know, I I didn't run around. I write fiction as realistic and authentic as some of the things that I write about are. I write fiction. So what I will say is that for the people who know the series, my personality is split down the middle between Logan West and John Quick. On a day-to-day basis, I'm John Quick. I'm irreverently sarcastic, self-deprecating. I've had such a serious life that I do not take myself too seriously. Life is way too short for that. And I get pissed off or I see things going on in the world, or i, I have that that mentality of, of of being a tactical marine i I, I want to go Logan West on people, which is why I write the way that I do. Um,
1: we talked a little bit before I started recording the call of it, that I've been reading your books out of order. so even though they're part of a series they they're, you can you can pick them up, you don't have to read them in order. Uh, can you tell us a little bit how this all came together? And uh, uh, um, if somebody is uh, just starting now, uh, if they haven't read the first one, they'll be able to pick up the
2: one. So uh, here's the way I describe it. I, I, I kind of look at myself as creating an amusement park of, of thriller rhymes, and they're all connected. Uh, there is a story arc that evolves and develops throughout the series. The intent was always to keep each one kind of a self-contained story. Or, or even a better analogy is each one's almost like an individual season of, of a television show. You know, they build upon each other, I and mean, it's impossible not to when you're writing a series because I, I'm a big believer that my characters should evolve and grow because that's real life. That's, and I try and make my characters, especially my bad guys, as relatable as possible. So you could you could pick them. Up, I mean, you can pick them up out of order. Shield of Valor. I mean, the way that book starts, you might be a little lost uh, initially until you figure out who 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 everyone is. But that 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 gets resolved within pages because you know I describe who who the characters are, the background, some of the things they've been through, uh, and, and that book should suck everyone in just right off the bat, anyhow.
1: Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about the Field of Valor, and like the, the the plot and uh, um, how that came how the idea came about to, uh, for writing this this one?
2: Well, uh, so for I, I won't go in, I won't summarize uh, Overwatch: A Oath of Honor, but Field of Valor picks up uh, six months after the end of Both of Honor, and Logan West and John Quick are now part of a a presidential task force called Ares. And they're trying to figure out who's been behind a series of events that's in, that I describe uh, and that they they combat in Overwatch and Oath of Honor. And, and those events are intended to create global instability. So they're trying to find the organization responsible for that, you know, who, who the traders are in the U.S. government, overseas, and they're just literally that's the way that book opens, that's what they're trying to do. And I condensed that book into basically three days, uh, and it takes place all over Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, uh, in Maryland near the Chesapeake Bay, and, uh, and, and a couple other places. But, yeah, so, so that's, that's in a nutshell without giving, it, giving too much away. I will say the very it's, it's in my opinion the fastest rocket ride that I I've, I've written, um, just because of what I wanted to create with that book.
1: And I'm most curious about the writing process. When I'm talking to uh, to writers, uh, do you like uh, do you outline these
2: extensively, or do you just kind of like <laughs> sit down and start writing? Or you know, what's your style? So I don't know what I'm going to write. I actually don't even feel like an author, and I say this all the time. And there are some authors who get it, and, and that is I feel like I'm more of a scribe. I know where the story's going. I know how things are going to play out. Uh, my I, I didn't I, I didn't outline Overwatch or Oath of Honor. I think Oath of Honor I had a list of five things on uh-uh, a small piece of paper. Overwatch I think I had like one page of things because I had crossed out some other things. And the Valor I. I don't, I think I had like, yeah, exactly. It was like maybe five or six things that I wanted to do. Um, but the way it works for me is I sit down on my laptop. I turn on musical scores to movies because that's what I listen to while I'm writing. And I feel like I'm more of a scribe uh, just putting down on virtual paper what I'm seeing, hearing, and feeling in my head. And that's it. All of a sudden, like an hour or two are gone, and, and I've got several pages of new material. Yeah,
1: I know that music plays an important part in your story. Like, the book opens with uh, bullets flying and uh, stone t- the Stone Temple pilots uh, rocking in the background. So music is important to you for your writing process.
2: Uh, it is. I mean, I'm a big believer that, uh, um, you know, music, like, helps trigger that creative mental state, at least it does for me. And I listen to, like, Greek modern-day composers, like, Hans Zimmer, Stephen Jablonsky, Brian Tyler, Lauren Ball, and, and a bunch of others. And
1: you usually write like in the same spots? So you have like a like a favorite? Yeah, I have an office. office
2: in my, yeah, I have an office in my mm-hmm. house that I that I use. Okay, and then do you usually, uh, do you, do
1: you try to like say, oh, when you're writing, in the middle of the writing, like uh, I'm gonna write X amount of words per day, or are you just gonna play it by ear?
2: I play it by ear. I just uh, you know, I have a very busy lifestyle. I've got a family, you know, and so I write when I can. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and so, the, what about like uh, you, in your family and friends? Do they ever or, or do they ever find their way into your books?
2: You know, I, I, I there are people that I know I've named a couple characters after, uh, you know, oh, cool. ma- mainly because they just asked. I was like, sure, why not? I, you know, I, I believe that this should be fun for everyone. It should be fun for the readers. It should be fun for me. There is a radio show um, host who's got like this huge talk show host on AM Radio in Detroit named Frank Beckman. And so uh, and, you know, he was harassing me when Overwatch came out like, hey, come on, you know, why don't you name a character after me? So I did for Field. By then, though, um, Oath of Honor had been already been finished, and so I did it for uh, Field of Valor.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I was going to say, okay, yeah, he's Field of Valor. <laughs>
2: yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, that's, a, and, that's a real yeah, name. <laughs> it is. That That is a real name, and, and I know he was thrilled when he, cause he got an advanced copy as well when he saw that one.
1: <laughs> Do you tell and that's a great you know? sequence. Yeah,
2: that's a great sequence. By the yeah, way, yeah,
1: his yeah, his intro. Yeah, the, the I don't get too much away here, but yeah, the when they're driving on the freeway in Maryland, yep. and, uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of stuff happens.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah,
1: and so. Um, uh, so, Field of Valor comes out on May twenty second. Um, what are um, I know you're busy right now with the, the book coming out and doing a lot of marketing and promotion. When do you start thinking about the next book? And is it going to be another? Um, uh,
2: yeah, I'm already writing it right now. Uh, ah, I've cool. already got I think eighty five pages for two thousand nineteen Logan West entry. Um, but then I also have ideas for books five and six planned out in my head. And I get a lot of feedback from readers who really want to see. A standalone for Amira Cerrone people just absolutely love that character and respond to her, and and I have a fantastic what I think is good at least origin planned out in my head for how she uh would be the main focus of a novel and and how her story would unfold. But of course, you know at some point Logan and friends would have to come to her aid as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's cool. So yeah, so two different series, but uh, in the same uh, universe. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, well, that's my plan. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, it's all, it's all up to the readers. <laughs> the, the market decides the future. That's the reality. <laughs> yeah. And you interact a lot with your readers on social media and all. of the, I do. Uh, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Readers I, yeah, can follow me at Matthew Bentley on Twitter. Um, there's a Facebook fan page. Um, I do have a website. Uh, I I don't have the time to put out a newsletter right now, uh, but I know people have been signing off. I I tell people the easiest thing is is honestly Twitter. You know, for me, uh, it's just the easiest place where I can just fire off uh, an update real quick on what's going on. Uh, But I know some people prefer Facebook, so I update that as well, especially when it comes to book material. Mm
1: -hmm. And um, are you going to be doing, like, any uh, book tours or anything like that? uh, Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, totally. Yep, yep. We'll – uh, I, I don't have specific dates yet, or, uh, or at least not in front of me, but I know that we started at uh, Barnes & Noble in Annapolis always on the, the opening day because I'm always on the radio in Annapolis that morning, and then I got an event that night and a couple events like the following week, and then I'll also be going down and doing events at uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, which is my old stopping grounds. And then also Fort Bragg uh, for this book. And then I go up to a place in Westerly, Rhode Island, which just puts on fantastic events. Um, so, so it's, you know, I, I, I'm all over the place. And then I'll be doing lots and lots and lots of uh, radio interviews as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll just, uh, I'll have a link on the website when, uh, uh, but uh, if they go to your website, probably get information there too. It's on uh, MatthewBetley.com, just so the listeners know. Yep. Um, So, um, how how much research do do you put into these books? Because they're very
2: thorough with weaponry and, you know, all the, do you do a lot of research? I do. I I mean, I, I, so the, it's really funny. I research to the extent where if I don't know something already, because I do have a lot of experience with various weapons, especially from my time in the Marine Corps, um, Mm -hmm. but I do the research that I need and, and then I put it down. I want my books, uh, I, I'm a big believer in pace over technical detail, but I've also had people say, well, you actually have a lot of technical detail in your books, but I don't want, you know, I, I want to tell you what time it is. I don't want to build you a clock. I, I, <laughs> I want, I mean, seriously, that, that's how yeah, I look I at it. I keep sure. it that simple. Um, so I, I have kind of a threshold, especially if I'm describing geopolitical events, I'll do a lot of research and all lot of reading. You know, for example, right now, I can tell you that before we're, we're in Venezuela and South America, and I have done so much research on their crisis down there that it makes my head want to explode. But then you only get like a few paragraphs on it in the book, because I don't need to, you know, do it in, in such an analytical detail that it bores the reader to death.
1: Yeah, that's great. That, that that's really makes some nice page turners because, you know, I, I mean, I love Tom Clancy like anyone else, but sometimes, you know, you, you find yourself skipping when we get to a little too much of the especially older books. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, anyway, yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. And do you still, uh, you must be too busy now, but do you still find time to read, uh, thrillers?
2: I do not right now. Right now, yeah. I, I have, I, in fact, uh, I'm reading a book by an, a fellow Emily Bessler author named Ezekiel Boone. He wrote this horror series. About spiders that hatch all over the world and basically bring on an apocalypse, and uh, I mean, it's a wildly entertaining, think 1960s black and white B monster movie, and it's awesomely fun. And, that, and that I'm reading right now, but I started reading it in the fall <laughs> and <I> still haven't <laughs> finished it. So that's how, how busy I am, you know. And now that we've uh, we're about to sign the movie deal. If things are picking up e- even further. So,
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can't say much about that, but that's, uh, that's exciting news. So, uh, uh,
2: well, we might... if, yep, if you think publishing is hard, we should start. <laughs> we uh, were uh, represented by Creative Artists, Creative Artists Agency, CAA, since August of 2015. And we just now uh, reached to deal with Thunder Road Pictures to make a worldwide franchise based on the books. And we, we, we've named Braden Aftergood as the producer. This was all announced in Variety about a month ago in Hollywood, and, and there's an article out there about it. And, you know, Braden Aftergood is just this fantastic producer who, who made Lone Survivor, uh, worked on Sicario, he did Hell or High Water, Wind River, and Thunder Road is the production company that put out the John Wick movies, uh, did Sicario, The Town. Basically, they acquire material and property that want to make. So we're already, I, I know that the producer and the screenwriter are already working on adapting the screenplay, uh, for the first book. You know, we'll see where it goes. You know, the, the goal is to always get the movie made. If, you, if mm-hmm. you end up with, like, a huge studio, sometimes you can fa- fall into what they call development hell, where the book can just languish away for years. But with a company like Thunder Road, you know, like I said, they acquire property they, they intend to make.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty awesome resume, too. I love it. most of those movies. I've seen them. They're awesome. The Sicario well, and, and
2: that's the goal. The, the, you, you, read, you read the Oath of Honor, which you feel vow The goal is mm-hmm. that it that feels like a combination of John Wick, Lone Survivor, and Sicariot. Yeah, we used, especially we if you were to read Overwatch. Yeah,
1: I, I gotta go back to read the first one. <laughs> I'm going <Yeah>. backwards. <laughs> uh, it's so okay. yeah. yeah, But no, but even reading the Silver Valor, like I was like, man, I could totally see that. Like the town, you know, those like big shootout scenes and everything. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, man, I'm not going to take uh, uh, much more of your time here. Um, I want to thank you so much uh, for agreeing to, uh, to be on the podcast and be, doing this interview. Uh, anything else you want to tell the listeners before I let you go?
2: No, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I appreciate you taking the time. Like, for me, the most important thing is the experience that each reader has with each of my stories. You know, I'm just fortunate that I'm in this position and that more readers are picking up and discovering the series. Because the more people that do, then the more books that I can write and and, and the more stories that I can tell. But again, you know, how people respond to it is what really matters to me because at the end of the day, it's all about the readers and it's not about me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our guests. As well as information uh, Behind the scenes information on the podcast And uh, please do visit my author website At alanpeterson.com I appreciate your support And so until next episode I will talk to you then